This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the podcast. I am your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the amazing C.R. Rice, and our guest today is the awesome Isabel Morgan. Woo! Okay, you'd think I was already drinking. Well, I was. I tried something. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking first. So we have a sponsor, which is Skunk Brothers Spirits. And so today I'm drinking, I'm going to try this. I think I'm going to have to mix it with something because um, it's 80 proof. Um, It's called Viking Lightning. (laughs) Ooh. Yes. Viking Lightning, 80 proof. It it says it's made from locally harvested honey and Washington grown corn. So I'm going to try this in a second after you guys say what you're doing. But I think I'm going to end up mixing some of it in one of my favorites, which is Flat Rock Cider Company, which is up here in North Carolina. And it's called Ice Spice Baby. And now (laughs) I just realized it actually has like a little vanilla ice guy on the front. And I didn't notice that before, but it does have a little like our story. And it's to the Ice Ice Baby lyrics. It's very funny. Anyway, okay. What are you drinking, CR? Um, I actually switched back. I think it might maybe is my new favorite drink. I'm doing the green tea and vodka. The healthy drink. That's what the we're healthy drink it. because I'm all about healthy. Yes, and be healthy this year. Yes, yes. I think that's a great idea. Okay, Isabel, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, St. Ambrose Cellars. I don't know if people can see this. Um, it's their Topello, I think I'm saying it right. Ambrosia mead. So Ooh, this is how it looks right here. That's super fancy. <laughs> that's good. Okay, it's so really let me give delicious. this a try, and then let me end up pouring this in my um, cider because I already know it's going to be too much for me. Just throw no, it back like a shot. Just oh, there is no way that's happening. I'm more <laughs> conscious of I. I poured way too much in this cup. Oh yeah, yeah, that's being mixed in. That's going in. Okay. Does now it give you a little buzz of lightning? Yeah. When you get close, I mean, it's 80 proof. So it, it, it smells like sweet rubbing alcohol, but I'm not surprised because it's moonshine and it's called Viking lightning. It's, it actually doesn't taste bad. It's just very, it's very potent. It's very potent. By the way, if you go on skunkbrotherspirits.com, we actually have a coupon code, which is DWA10. And you'll get 10% off your order. And they're amazing uh, veteran-owned business. Okay, let us begin this podcast before I'm on the floor from (laughs) drink a shot of this. You can still do those podcasts from there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Laying on the floor every now and then my hand comes up. It'll be cool. Okay, (laughs) Isabel, let's tell the audience what you write. Um, so I write uh, horror. So my first novel, Stormstar, is a cosmic horror novel because I'm inspired by... um, Lovecraft and I love mythology and stuff so I kind of just combined the two and just you know made my novel about some <laughs> some uh ex-father youth, youth excuse me youth in Cleveland who you know goes on this uh adventure to kind of find you know about his family and himself but then he kind of uncovers like a lot of dark secrets about the town he goes to called Rust Springs and yeah and evil cults and everything <laughs> 
You gotta love evil cults. I'm just saying. I'm, always a, fun. I'm a horror writer. You gotta love evil cults. So this is your first book out? Yes, it's my first. I self-published, so. <laughs> How was that? Um, it was a learning experience for sure, but it felt satisfaction. Like I felt like it gets some satisfaction afterwards because, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just a lot. Like, I can't believe I'm kind of like here right now talking with you guys. Cause you know, just starting just, you know, with concepts and drafting and then editing and pulling all the artwork together and everything is just, wow. <laughs> so really did you do cool. your own covers? Um, no, I actually had a, a friend from Atlanta that I know he's a, he's a really good artist. And so I kind of just would sketch out like how I kind of wanted to look. And then he kind of just like, you know, brought it to life and did the rest for me, just kind of defined it. It's gotta be cool. Okay. What made you decide to self-publish? Um, I was thinking since, you know, traditional publishing, it seems like there's a lot of, um, you know, like there's a lot of you could speak vouching and, yeah, it's just a lot of like vouching and stuff for you. Like sometimes I know that people don't really get published until they're 30 sometimes because they just be kind of, um, you know, getting a manuscript out to people and they'll be like, well, that's not a genre we're looking to or that's not a story we feel like we want to publish or tell and stuff. So it's like, you know, if there's a means of technology out there, I don't see why I can't just, you know, put my story in to see what happens. That's true. Have you always been a writer? Um, yes, I still have my old notebook over there in my um, closet that I've written in since I was eight years old. Very cool. So from a young age, did you go, that's it, I want to be a writer? Um, I don't know. I think I wanted to be an artist first because I just like drawing and I like animation, you know, just art in motion. But I'm not particularly inclined in that area. But I could, I just had, a, I guess I had a talent with just language and writing. So I just kind of focused on that as well. Very cool. What made you decide to go the horror route? As a horror writer, I know what made me decide to go that route, but what made you decide to go that route? I don't know. It's kind of weird because I always started off like I thought I would probably like write more of a high fantasy kind of thing when I was younger. But I guess as I got older and I just have like, you know, more life experiences, I guess, and just interests, I feel like. And sometimes... the world went to crap and I decided to write about <laughs> how horrible it was. I love that. Just kidding. I put words in her mouth. That's not what I actually just <laughs> When I was young, everything was unicorns and fairies. And now I realize it's serial killers and demons. That's as I aged. Yeah, but I've always thought like, you know, the most profound stories I've like listened to were always like the more darker ones and they're more interesting. So, you know, I kind of in college, I wanted to be like a um, forensic psychologist and stuff. So I just think that kind of is interesting to see like how people can get into extreme mindset, which Stormstar kind of explores with the cult. And how Very, that kind of evolves and affects people and the world around them. Very cool. So you self-published. Did you go the whole getting an editor, getting a typesetter, all of that? Or where did you go with that? I basically just kind of did it on house for the most part. So I would basically just kind of, you know, write the initial draft, take a break, and then just kind of go back and just kind of read over critically and just go through it. But, you know, I always say that, you know, everybody needs to have like an editor anyways, even if they edit their own stuff, because you're always going to, you know, miss something. And yeah, I missed stuff. So I actually had like a second, um, I actually had two editors actually help me out with just kind of, you know, making sure the grammar, the pacing was good. And I wasn't missing anything because sometimes you get plot holes. No, that, no, that's always a good thing. Um, editors have a very key function in this world for us. Yes. So um, what, uh, how long did it take you to write this novel? I think I started with the concepts probably in 2015 
And then probably around 2016, I actually kind of started like actually getting into writing the first iteration of the manuscript. And then I think probably after a year, I kind of had it done. But this seems like um, probably two years of editing because it was like, I think 2017 all the way until like 2018, then 2019, I published it in September after kind of going through like a six draft, I think. Very cool. So what, what, where does the next one then? Are you working on the next one? I'm assuming you're working on the next one. Yes. I'm actually going through and editing uh, stuff because I'm going to do like a web series kind of format where oh, I would cool. just publish it to my uh, website. And, you know, I think it'd be a good way to get a reader base because I can kind of, you know, keep writing, but then I can kind of cultivate an audience over time because they'll be able to see the, you know, work online. Well, that's very awesome. So how far into the second round are you so far? Um, I'm still kind of setting stuff up. Like I pretty much have like two episodes kind of down pat, pretty good. I just have to review them. And then I'm trying to get like at least three episodes kind of out there. And then I can kind of like work from there for the rest of it. But I pretty much have like, I think eight episodes, at least for the first season, quote unquote, the story. <laughs> very cool. What, what made you actually finally decide to get it all published or like, take us on that journey. The first of, one of Stormstar. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just kind of wanted to express myself creatively and share with other people. Cause I think I like doing that. Like as much like being a hermit and just kind of, you know, being in my own world and writing, I think I really enjoy sharing stuff with people and then they enjoy it. So I think that's why I want to share my work. So I think, you know what, I'm just going to take a gamble and do it. <laughs> Did you um, take creative writing classes in school or anything like that? Um, yes, like in English classes, usually we'll have like a creative writing course. I think in high school, we just had like a separate creative writing and I apparently was pretty good at it. <laughs> I didn't have any complaints. So. And it was fun class. I just like just creating best way to express so yourself. You, um, you set this in modern times, but how much world building did you need to do for this? A lot. I actually have like an entire like word file. That's probably like a couple hundred pages long of just like lore of like how I want a background because I kind of because that's like the whole thing about um, cosmic horror. It's it doesn't really like so so much as like tell with descriptions like how stuff is. And I kind of like to keep it a little bit mystic and not so much just throwing out there. Very cool. Did you set it up to be a series or did you was it a standalone when you decided to write it? This one's a standalone, even though the next project I'm doing is going to be part of the same universe, basically. It's just going to be different characters and a setting and a time period. Like, I think the first Storm Star was in 1997. I think this is going to be like early mid 2000s in Montana somewhere. Oh, wow. Are you from Montana? Uh, no, actually, no. I have friends over there and it's really pretty. I just kind of wanted to do it in a, you know, a world where it kind of just has like, um, dramatic land features and you know it's kind of like you know rural and isolated over there to a degree so it's like I kind of want to get into that thing where it's kind of like you know you have civilization then you have nature and then the force of nature kind of going against people with these mystic fortunes oh that makes sense totally mm -hmm. so what was it like so this took you several years so what do you feel it was like going through this process um for Stormstar I feel like like the writing part is not bad because I, I can probably go through that really easy and stuff. It's just the editing was just terrible. <laughs> Sometimes that's why I always tell people like just enjoy creating 
and writing in the moment because there always will be a lot of time to edit afterwards. And that usually isn't always fun. I mean, you're polishing the story, but it's like, you know, I'm kind of tired of reading the script (laughs) over and over again. Well, have you, um, for for the writing that you've done, do you have a writer's group or a critique group or anything like that that you're working with? Um, I used to have some in my area, like when I was kind of drafting the story, I was in uh, DC at the time. So we actually had like a local DC writers group that would meet every, probably every other week or so. And we just kind of get together and just share what we wrote and give feedback. Okay. And then here we had one, but I think it kind of dissolved or fizzled out and it kind of got even more complex after the whole COVID thing just made it hard for anything. Cause I was part of like an independent game, uh, indie group. Uh-huh. Where people like create their own games and stuff like video games. But yeah, it's just been kind of hard to get everybody together nowadays, but hopefully that'll change soon. No, that's true. So you're a gamer? Yes. Um, I love video games. Video games kind of, I guess, inspired me to write stuff because it's more interactive. And I do eventually want to make a video game or two, but I just have to learn some programming and kind of see and, you know, build up resources in order to do it because you have to you know, hire another programmer if you need it. You have to have artists, you have to have animators and all that kind of stuff. No, no, I know it's a lot. Would you build a game based on your world or something different? I actually kind of do want my next one. I kind of saw it as a video game and I kind of had like mechanics set up to how it would play out, but I might have to put it a back burner just to kind of get the story out there first. And then I don't know, we'll see what happens. If the audience really likes it then, and they want to support it, then I can probably do that sometime in the future. Very cool. Chels? I know you said that you had um, pages and pages of lore and how you were creating your world. Did you, is it like actual lore or are you creating your own lore? I created my own lore. Like I always have like inspiration from, you know, mythology and stuff. I kind of just put my own twist and spin on it. And so it's just something like completely, you know, different and original, but I kind of just like to have the audience kind of figure it out because I give certain hints about certain things but you know I just kind of like keep things a little bit of a mystery very cool it's like a bunch so, of mini stories yep <laughs> so besides this have you published any short stories anything like that I'm trying to think if I have recently I am kind of looking I was looking into probably um getting into like probably just publishing a story or two just to kind of get out there maybe in a, a magazine or something yeah, there's actually, a lot of anthologies that look for horror authors regularly, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's always a great avenue to continue to get your work out there for your fans to see. Have you actually done an in-person event at all with your books? Um, yes, actually, uh, last October, um, at Spooky Empire, it's like a, one of the nation's like largest horror conventions in Orlando. Oh, I'm a very big frequenter of <laughs> yeah. Spooky Empire. So I know actually, it well. So I was actually able to get a table there and it was really nice just to meet people and connect with things. And that's how I kind of met um, some people at Four Horse Publishing because they had a panel and just kind of, you know, interacting with people. Very cool. Yeah, I know Four Horsemen Publishing very well. That is I. I'm yes. the CEO of it, so yes, that's cool. That's why I was so like, that, wait a second, what did she just say? Yeah, no, she just found it, she found out about it. I that was, must mean you talked to Valerie, right? Yes, I talked to Valerie there because she was hosting an event with some of my um, other table mates who was a filmmaker 
uh, Mike Linden. And then um, Dale Ashman is also a writer for different uh, cultural zines and stuff like that. So we actually like, you know, just want to say, you know, just say, hey, I just want to connect. And here I am. <laughs> That's very cool. Have you done a lot of podcasts or anything like that? What kind of promotion have you done? Um, this is my first one. I'm still kind of figuring out the whole marketing angle of stuff basically because i don't know it's just kind of hard because even though i am in you know marketing and i have experience in it it's just kind of like you're just trying to find your own voice about how you want to present yourself but i think connecting organically is like the best way because you know just going to those in-person events it just showed me that you know there's a lot of value in that oh there is fans love to meet with people i mean do you have a facebook group um i have a facebook page i haven't started a group per se yet you may want to start a group. I recommend that to any up and coming authors or even artists or anybody is having a group on your Facebook page allows your fans to connect with each other. And then you can invite other horror authors to do takeovers and vice versa. So you get cross fan, cross fan pollination, but it gives them a chance to hear from you and talk and interact. Because I think in today's day and age authors aren't like hiding under some bush that you rarely see anywhere they're out you know in in front of everybody and you know d interacting and stuff like that which you probably saw at spooky empire mm -hmm. that was really cool so yeah i'm just kind of just working my a out there i did uh, publish my first uh, holiday newsletter like last month so that's out there. People just want to sign up to my newsletter on my website and just kind of, you know, see what's going on. I have pictures of the event too on there. Very cool. Did you do some panels at Spooky? Um, no, not this time around. I think I kind of asked around for it, but I wasn't too sure. And then it seemed like there was like maybe some scheduling conflicts. So, I mean, it's fine. You know, there's always next time. And I plan to do like more in-person events and just kind of looking to see if there's any like specifically like genre related conventions going on currently. There, there are a couple I can tell you about. Phantasm is one of them that's in your area that comes up in August. It's a horror convention. Oh, really? Yeah. And okay. yeah, I think it's August 16th this year. I don't know that they've opened everything yet for as far as, you know, getting booths. But I, I happen to know the person who runs the author track there. That would be me. And um, okay. all the <laughs> authors get in free and stuff like that for the booths. They don't even have to pay for the booths. Okay, cool. Free at Phantasm. So if you're a horror author out there and you hear that, you're going to be in the Orlando area around August. That um, Phantasm, spelled with an F, is an amazing convention and they really support their authors, and which is what a lot of conventions should be doing because that's a an art that needs to be there along with celebrities and stuff like that. So that can be very, very cool. Okay, awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with this above. <laughs> Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. 
You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brothers Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunked. Okay, we're back. So let's talk about creating a cult. What made you decide to go the route of creating a cult for these characters? Was it something that inspired you that to do that? Well, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, it's interesting to kind of see like extreme mindsets and stuff. So I kind of just looked at different groups like hate movements or kind of like, you know, religious cults like, you know, Jim Jones and stuff. So um, yeah, so I kind of just went that route and just kind of created like, these people following a group of personality around this certain ideology that's just like, well, we're going to bring forth this world and this world is not going to be for us anymore. And everything's going to fizzle out. And it's just kind of like a really <laughs> kind of a dire cult, but there's some, I guess, some sort of form of happiness, but on the outside looking at it, it just kind of looks terrifying. <laughs> what where so when you started this, what is your, describe a little bit about your main character to us. Um, yes, Ash Yeagerhun. He's just kind of a, uh, you know, just kind of like a down and out uh, person living in, you know, Cleveland, kind of just, you know, picking up roadkill. So I don't know. I'm kind of inspired by people that kind of just, you know, the every kind of like the everyman character. And as for him being the foster youth, that's kind of a setup because he doesn't know his family. And I've kind of like, you know, used to work with foster kids and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, they have like a good spirit about how they have to, you know, keep strong and get through it. And yeah, it's just kind of, kind of like just stuff I've kind of took in from just living in Ohio and dealing with that kind of, you know, just being in, you know, that environment where it's like Americana, but then with, um, you know, the drop out of the economy and stuff is just kind of like, it's in a town where it's kind of like everything's just drying up and kind of a inner decay and stuff. Rust Belt. <laughs> So he picks up roadkill. Did you do research into such a job? Actually, yeah, like you know, there's, I yeah, do. like there's um a dirty job episode where they kind of describe it, and you know, it's just a common thing, just deer roadkill. So I just kind of, you know, went with that. Just something that wasn't just glamorous. I was just kind of like a down to earth kind of guy, just kind of down on his luck. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say that is the opposite of glamorous is yeah. being a roadkill technician. Well, I don't know what the exact correct job is there. Roadkill technician specialist, roadkill Lena? executive manager of roadkill. I think we could come oh, up with making really it titles, fancy yeah. titles for roadkill. So <laughs> mm -hmm. when you're creating this whole thing, was there something that started it or were you just in that little book you said that's in eyeshot of you right now? Was this just one of the notes or did something come to you that you were like, this is it? Yeah, like it kind of started out like it was a different um, process, how it was like it was supposed to be like an art student and like an ex-porn star or something to have to solve a mystery together in this town that they live in. But it an kind of just evolved. And an ex-porn star. Yes. <laughs> how the hell did you go there? There, You know what I'm going to put together? <laughs> what made you think of that? That's pretty awesome. Going to be like a Back to the Future style uh -huh. thing. 
Don't yeah, explain and- how they met or why they're friends. Just it is what it is. Yeah, no, just stuff I've just studied and just gotten into. Like I usually just pick um, topics of interest and locales that kind of interest me. So I just thought it'd be just an interesting, unique kind of <laughs> perspective. Even though the ex porn star character does kind of is in the book still as like a another protagonist, but she's just in a different role in the story. <laughs> Very cool. So were you a huge horror fan before you started writing these? Well, I always did like, you know, certain stuff. I really like werewolf movies and stuff and they don't really make those anymore like silver bullet um dog soldiers i think i've been watching that twice now with friends just to catch up i'm like that's like the best werewolf movie ever so i kind of just like i like monster movies you know the thing also kind of played into inspiration with how the monsters and some of my creatures look very cool so what has the feedback been from fans and stuff that have read the book it's been mostly positive like i think a lot i think somebody compared it to i think lovecraft meets dean coots or something (laughs) I guess that's good. Just kind of like a quirky off story, but a lot of people just like the, I guess the pacing. Cause I don't really spend a lot of time like chewing scenery for the most part, I just kind of like to get into that action, the meat and bones and stuff. So I'm a very, I guess a really rapid fire writer for the most part. No, that's very cool. So you went to spooky empire was, did you meet anybody who had previously read the book before you went there? Um, not really. I think it was just like a whole new group of people that, you know, I didn't really know too much going in i think i've probably seen like some of the people that were on like you know the talk tracks for authors and stuff and just like oh those people sound kind of neat and i kind of have like their books wish listed i kind of bought some other authors books just to kind of read later and just see what's out there but yeah it just was just like i didn't know what to expect but i think just like not every really have an expectation or pressure about it just going in there just kind of embracing the moment really worked out well very cool. What was it like the first time selling your book to people in person? I really enjoyed it. I did a, um, like a, um, writing thing locally, like a, um, a little like write up signing event at like a local bookstore, but kind of got, I wasn't the look at the, um, the, um, attendance we were expecting. Cause I kind of, I had to cancel it because I think something else got canceled. And then, you know, the next wave of COVID restrictions hit. So it was kind of like, yeah, it wasn't like a whole lot of tennis, but no, it was just fun just to see how people meet and, you know, talk to them, just hear their life story. And I feel like Spooky Empire kind of like, I got more of that because there's a lot of people that could relate to what I'm writing and their fans too of the genre. So it was just a really cool experience. Very cool. Did you happen to cosplay any of the characters you have in the book? No, but that probably is a good idea. <laughs> Did you have just, a chance to meet Jackie Sonnenberg when you were at Spooky? I was going to say Jackie. <laughs> I don't think so. She dresses like the characters in her book. She dresses like Mary had a little lamb, but Mary's face is, mouth is covered. She, she has a terrifying part. sheep that she brings around with her as well. That sounds dead. fun. Yeah, no, she she dresses as her characters and it, she has so much fun at those conventions and stuff like that. That's doing awesome. That. I think that's an ultimate, whether you're cosplaying or the fans are cosplaying for your characters. What kind of stuff do you like to read? I like to read just research. Like I like a lot of like true crime stuff is interesting. I just bought like, I have two mythology books sitting beside me. I got from Barnes and Nobles <laughs> during a sale. So it's like, uh, oh, Oh, we lost you there for a second. 
well, drama videos. Mm-hmm. So I got a book of Chinese myths and legends, and then I got one for Norse mythology, which is cool. So very cool. So the authors that you met at Spooky Empire, did you uh, did you talk to them about their career paths and what they did? And did you get a bunch of advice? Yeah, I got some insight into that. And they're very helpful in how they kind of describe their journey. They even like, you know, had resources and stuff in some cases for me. So yeah, it was just very, um, it was very positive to see how other people take, like, there really is no, like, I think right way of publishing It's just what you think is best for you and your work, I think. No, totally. I think you have to find what is, what is right for you, what, what works for you, that sort of thing. Do you, what is your, so what is it like when you sit down to write? Describe a perfect writing scenario for you. Well, I'm in my bed usually, and I kind of have like, I guess some music or video to kind of sometimes maybe just kind of just jog my memory and just kind of, you know, just put me in a certain moment. So sometimes I'll probably just look at documentaries of certain places that I want to write about or certain music that kind of resonates with the characters or the setting and just kind of get into that mindset. And I just kind of just put pen to paper, just write something. (laughs) Very, very cool. So where Um, do you get your ideas from? Just anything or yeah, like just like nature. Um, I was like a military brat basically. So we moved all over. So I kind of want to do a story about Hawaii because that's just such a cool location. Yeah, it sounds like a very cool location. Would yes, you I do it, it based on some of the mythos and horror that's there? There's a lot of very interesting lore in Hawaii. Yeah, that's what I kind of like to just take inspiration from is just kind of like how the local atmosphere is. And there's like a lot of, it's like a melting pot in Hawaii where they have like a lot of cool, like, you know, Japanese kind of legends and you get like the native Hawaiian stuff and Chinese. It's just, it's just a lot of stuff you can probably do and work with around there. That's pretty unique. When you start researching, do you find you go down a rabbit hole? Yes. <laughs> I, I think that's very easy to do when you're um, researching. Um, do you, so you, what do you listen to when you said music or watching movies? What kind of stuff do you listen to? I like, um, it just depends. Like, I don't really have like a specific, like, I guess like a genre, like I'm just going to listen to this and nothing else. I just kind of pull off, like, I like industrial rock. So I'll listen to KMFDM or pig or something in the background. Just kind of, if it's that kind of thing, like just for the nightclub and storm star, that's kind of like the music. Cause it is like industrial nightclub. <laughs> and it kind of was inspired by a nightclub. I went to, to go see um, an artist I like. So. Oh, very cool. Um, uh, when you, so you can listen to lyrics. Not a lot of authors can listen to lyrics while they're writing. Some get very sidetracked when they're listening to lyrics and sing along and other things. How much can you get done in a, in a sitting? Like when you're, when you're at a really good clip, what is it that you're doing? I probably like do probably 2000 words, just depending on how like I can really get motivated. I know everybody can just like spill out a bunch of stuff, but that usually is my pacing. Like I kind of not focused. I like, I kind of do try to get like a word count goal, but if it's just not working that day or something, I don't really beat myself up. I'm just like, you know what, just do it next time. And you know, it just builds up. I chop each other, which is my kind of philosophy is that, you know, just write something every day. Even if it's just like a hundred words or just like a grocery list, it's just (laughs) get something out there. It all adds up. That's the right way to do it is to do that when you when you've gotten feedback from your editor what are the things that you uh, I mean I think every author has sort of Achilles heels things they do repetitively what are your things I gotta watch some of my grammar and tenses because sometimes I've switched tenses and I'm actually you know helping um 
I'm doing a um, editor job for like a video game script. So I'm actually helping out, you know, that writer with stuff. So it's just kind of like it's stuff that you kind of look out for in other people, but sometimes you just miss it yourself because you're kind of just in a different mindset or I'll miss a plot hole or change a detail, but then I don't go back to change it. It's just, yeah, it's nice that somebody has your back on stuff. What When you go to do your own editing, how do you do it? I know a lot of authors will do things like print it out, change the font, things like that. So they're not looking at the same exact manuscript that they wrote into. What do you do? I don't know if I ever really have a technique. I just kind of pace myself to kind of get through it because, which I think is probably more easier because I can kind of, you know, just scan stuff and then just kind of pick out certain things. So I'll probably be like, well, I'm just going to do you know, if it's like a certain number of page book, like 300, I'll just like divide up into like 10 to 50 pages a night and just kind of just get through it. But I really don't have like a unique process. I just kind of just take breaks and <laughs> have somebody else kind of look at it if I need to take a break, which I had to do for my storm star. Cause after a while, I just kind of, I think your mind just kind of fills in the blanks on a lot of stuff. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's not a problem. They're like, well, wait a minute. You didn't explain this part. So you catch it later with somebody else. <laughs> No, absolutely. That's exactly what happens. That's why we cannot edit our own work because we fill in the blanks and already know what we were thinking. Mm -hmm. And then that's why you a second set of eyes is always a great way to do it. What surprised you about self-publishing? What were you not anticipating that came up? Um, hmm. I think it's just a lot of like, like it's not instantaneous. Like I think people just think like you can just put something out there and gets popular but it's not it is like a build-up you kind of do have to build your own audience and I think that's kind of like the stage I'm stuck it's just like I just got to get out there and just start building audience so yeah I think that's like the thing because I think with traditional publishing I think they kind of already have like a certain setup and they'll help you along the way but if you're indie you're gonna have to just expect that you're gonna have to do a lot of legwork yourself <laughs> no I well just for the record people have to do a lot of legwork regardless in mm -hmm. Um, but regardless of who they have as a publisher, because not a lot of publishers um, actually do a lot of marketing for their people, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so when, when you were actually uploading it, did anything surprise you about the cover or anything like that when you were doing those things? Well, yeah, cover formatting is like another issue you might get into because it's like, Something might look good, but then you always have to do, just make sure you have like a, a test copy or something printed out because I think one time I did it, the cover was way too small. So I had like a really unsightly, uh, unsightly uh, white border around everything. It just didn't look right. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, what was it like getting the book in your hand for the first time? Um, it's really rewarding. It's like, well, I actually put something and it became, it becomes like a physical creation almost. That wow. people can, you know, have and hold it just, and I can't really put in the words, it's just like, it just feels like an accomplishment. Like, wow, I did that, but then I can't believe I did that. <laughs> no, very cool. I think so that feeling you... stays. Like, yeah. no matter how many books you get out, every time you get the next one, you're like, holy shit, I finished another one. Or yeah, my mind is just whatever every is. time. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, Charles? Um, have you thought about switching genres? Like, do you have plans to write in another genre? Yeah, I actually do kind of want to write like more romance or I guess more like erotica stuff. So I kind of do have like my own separate pen name and setup for that. I just need to, you know, do lay work on that, and just kind of get some pieces out there. But yeah, I think that's something else that I'm kind of interested in. 
And I think it kind of helps you write more because you're more like, you know, erotica, you're more focused on the sensations and what's going on, the feelings and emotions of that. So I think kind of does help my writing in other ways too. Very cool. Have you already started writing stories in that under that, or is it just something you're beginning to create on? Um, yeah, I've have written stuff before. I'm just kind of like getting back into the swing of it. I kind of did like a lot last year and the year before that, but yeah, I just haven't formally published anything yet. Well, that's do you have plans to sometime soon in the future? Yes. Yeah. I, I kind of do want to see how I get out there. I have done like an ASMR script and I can just kind of hire like a voice actor to kind of, you know, just read out a scenario and you know, I just want to see what happens. Like you just never know until you put yourself out there. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, so what, when do you think the next thing will come out? So fans want to go get your book today. When is the next thing that will come out? Oh my gosh, there's no really certainties and I just kind of hate doing deadlines because I've done that before with Stormstar. I'm like, okay, it's going to come out this time. And then it's like, oh crap, we got a, a editing deadline. We need to fix up some stuff. We found something else came up. So, but I'm hopefully thinking by the end of March, I'll have some, this year I'll have something out from on my website for people to read and get into. <laughs> very, very cool. So end of March. Yes. Do you know what the name of what you're going to put out is? Um, it's just kind of going as Project Blackwater for now. So that's like my follow-up where it's this um, a tech worker in Seattle goes to Montana to try to find his wife who's a photographer. And she was blessing missing in this like little, I guess like ex-mining now turns like a more resort kind of town place. So the the book is going to be named after town, but I just kind of want to keep that a secret until it's formally released. And I have the uh, artwork ready for that season. So people are going to be able to see like, you know, I have monster concepts on there so far. I have like the facade of the hotel where my character stays at. That's like, you know, home base. And then I'm going to have like more like the actual characters once I get my artist and everything together for concepts. <laughs> very, very cool. Okay. Well, what advice would you give authors out there? I would just say, regardless of, you know, how far you get into the journey, if you want to publish or not publish, just really enjoy what you're doing in the moment. Don't get too hung up on like a lot of um, critical thinking or whatever, or just worry about what people say. Just do something that you like to do, right? What interests you and what moves you. Yes. Awesome. And how do fans find you? Um, They can find me. My main website is heavyrushmediallc.com. That's my, you know, my brand name, my company. And then I have, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter and I'm on YouTube under those names as well. And I also have like a Goodreads page, which I, which I need to put a link to, but <laughs> people can find me there and just see what I'm doing. And I'm have a blog up there. So I'm hoping to do more updates as stuff develops too. And you have a newsletter that they can sign up for, right? Um, yes. So they can sign up. Um, shoot, I forget the title of it, but yeah, it's on my website. So when you go to the contact page, there should be just like a little pop-up that says, you know, Hey, subscribe to newsletter and just kind of get the inside scoop on what, you know, I'm working on developing and events and special things I might be doing so they can just, you know, sign up and then they'll just get a copy of my newsletter. Very, very cool. Well, it has been awesome to have you on the podcast and your book is storm star by I N Morgan. If they're (laughs) looking for it on Amazon, is there anywhere else they can find it? Shoot Amazon, Mars and Noble, um, I think Kobo, I think just any like physical or 
digital retail you can think of for ebooks or physical copies and i plan on to do expand i plan on expanding physical distribution too to like inside stores like bards Lopez with ingram sometime soon so very very cool well, you have been awesome to have on the podcast thank, thank you, you. <laughs> very it's nice cool. okay. everybody uh, so this has been drinking with authors i've been your host erica lance my co-host has been cr rice our amazing guest has been isabeau morgan and again shout out to our sponsors for a Skunk Brothers Spirits Viking Lightning. It, it, it is lightning. It is definitely lightning. Don't forget to use the coupon code DWA10. And we will see you guys next time. Hey, thanks, everybody. <laughs>